0: If you're here for improv, go away. This is Other Than Improv with Anthony Francis. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Other Than Improv. I'm Anthony Francis. And my guest today, he is a performer and host at SAC Comedy Lab in Orlando. He's an improv coach. Travels around the improv circuit, the improv festival circuit with his team, four first names. It's himself, Chris Barry, and Richard Paul. They have done over 25 cities, improvised in 25 cities. But we're not here to talk about improv today. We're here to talk about European golf. My guest today is Chris Barry. Hey, Chris. Hey, Anthony. Thanks for having me. Chris, you are a European golfer, but you're not European. So what's going on here? Explain. Yeah.
1: No. I. Well. I. Uh, you know. I, I moved. I'm originally from New York. I'm a native New Yorker and moved to Florida uh, and became an avid golfer. Uh, you know, I'm not saying a good golfer, but an avid golfer. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm actually pretty good now. Um, but back when I first moved down from New York, you know, I, I had played sparingly up in New York. I enjoyed the game, but, uh, you know, it didn't, didn't get a lot of opportunity to play up there. A, because of, you know, weather restricts you part of the year. And also it was just so flipping crowded that, you know, um, you know, on a, on a Saturday you would play and it would take five and a half hours or something. It was infuriating. Uh, so I came down here, um, and I, hooked up with a local group, uh, a couple guys actually that I met through work, and they had a regular Saturday game and I started playing with them. Uh, And uh, this was in the late 90s. And then um, in early 2000s, we started a trip, which the first one we thought was going to be the trip of a lifetime, and it really was. Uh, But now I'm, I'm happy to say since that first initial trip, uh, I've actually had the opportunity, and I'm super lucky to say this. Uh, I've actually gone to Europe 24 times, so I've done 24 people's lifetime trips, is the way I look at it.
0: I'm, I'm I'm ridiculously lucky. That's incredible. And you went you went there, and you went there to play golf. We went there to yeah, I we, we went there to play golf. Yeah, and it's it's
1: funny how it started actually. It started with a group of guys. Like I said, I had, you know we had our our uh, local group here, and it was about eight of us uh, at the time, and. Uh, uh, one of our friends had a, had been contacted by a guy who was the head ranger at the time of the Saint Andrews. Of the old course in St. Andrews, uh, the, you know, the, the home of golf, the most famous golf course in the world. So somebody here in Orlando that I know had made a connection with this guy and he called back up and said uh, the next year. He's like, hey, I'm coming over with some some friends. Um, can you arrange a golf game for us? So my friend Jay put together this uh, this group of us to, to play these guys coming in from Scotland. And we had, you know, kind of a mini Ryder Cup and it was fantastic we you know we played golf they destroyed us um but we had a huge barbecue afterwards and and everybody just got along famously and and it just kind of that spurred this uh friendship uh now that you know many of these guys now that group you know kind of broke up but you know a couple of them moved to different places in the, within the uk and other areas and and i'm friends now you know with all of them still and and so i have you know i have really really close friends in saint Andrews, scotland uh, you know uh I have, you know, really good friends down in the south of England. I have friends in Ireland. Uh, so it's, it's turned into this thing that I never, ever would have imagined.
0: What is the barbecue like in Scotland? That's all I'm pulling away from this. You had barbecue <laughs> in Scotland. What, what was that like?
1: Basically, it was about 24 pounds of meat, uh, a pound of potatoes, and I think three green beans.
0: yeah that's okay great well they're they're sticking to it that's that's traditional uh incredible so the game of golf is something that I have some experience with when I was a kid I played a lot of golf uh and uh, I've had some terrible terrible golf experiences most of my worst experiences revolve around golf so it's hard for me to get into golf but uh but tell me what you love about golf what is it why do you keep coming back to this
1: what I love about it is is just kind of getting out into uh, the environment getting out into fresh air and and really enjoy especially you know now that that I've had this opportunity to play as many courses you know as I, I've played uh, I played about a hundred courses in Europe um, and and just I'm I'm, I'm always amazed at uh, just the pure beauty and the hidden little gems even even in a, in a course that's you know kind of in a, in a urban area you know there's these little cut out areas of just you know great beauty that that you know you just kind of it's literally stopping and smelling the roses it's you know it's like it's it's a great respite from uh the stress of daily life and uh, and that's the biggest thing that i like about it
0: oh my god besides one this,
1: you know and then and then very close to that is is the you know the relationships and friendships
0: you know um that have developed out of this 100 courses 100 yeah. european courses some people yeah, don't even play european. that many yeah, courses
1: yeah, it's it's funny. I am I'm, I'm not usually a statistics nerd, um, but uh, I have become you know inadvertently. Uh, my, so my friend Jay, that was the original architect of the first uh, uh, rider, you know, mini Rider Cup match, um, and he and I have been on the most of the trips together. I've gone occasionally with some of my brothers, I've gone by myself quite a few times now in the last several years. Just, you know, I fly over by myself and, and meet up with friends over there. Um, but Jay and I have been on uh, the most trips together. And one year, we, we we weren't even intending to, we weren't going for this, this was not our goal. But um, one year somebody gave Jay for Christmas a book called uh, True Links. Um, and True Links lists at the time i think it was 254 Lynx uh, links courses all around the world there have been two more added so it's 256 now um, and so we started looking through the book and you know we're like oh we played there hey we played there we played there and at the time we had f- we figured out we had played 18% of the links courses in the world and we were like holy cow that's pretty cool we didn't you know it wasn't oh a goal we started God. out to but now we started, so now I'm, I'm happy to say I'm up to 30%. And Jay's a little ahead of me. Jay, um, I'm envious, Jay retired a couple of years ago. So Jay, Jay and his lovely wife, Jill, they get to travel much more than me. So Jay's, I'm at 30% and I bet you Jay is at
0: 35%. I'm also thinking, that's amazing. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking about this travel time and you have, you've done a lot of flight time. Yes that what is that like for you what is the airport like for someone who for me the airport's kind of a big deal even still like i i'm not like i don't just go to the airport like it's a like it's a bus or like a like like a cab ride some people they do it every day some people fly like what is flight for you because for me i'm still like hey airplanes you know like what yeah what is that yeah
1: it's funny you know it's it's really um well, I have a much deeper appreciation for it now during this pandemic when I have not flown anywhere since March. Uh, but having said that, it, you know, at at one point, you know, I would I would say last year you know, it really had become part of my routine. And and part of that is because, you know, I travel for, you know, personal reasons for, you know, family, my family's all in New York and, and to play golf uh, you know and go visit my friends in Europe but also you know I travel a lot for improv as you mentioned in the in the you know in the intro me and Richard do a ton of festivals every year um, and so we travel up, but I also travel for work so so you know on any in any given year I'm doing anywhere from you know 28 30 to about 40 45 uh, trips a year some of them are one day trips and and you know some of them you know some of them a couple of them are 11 day trips that kind of thing but you know so it's any, anywhere in between but so, so traveling to me is is you know it, it's become part of my routine pre-COVID, um, and, but I still enjoy it. Even you know it, I don't take it for granted, especially when I'm going to Europe. It's you know one of my one of my favorite parts about you know traveling over to Europe. You know, yeah, I go and I, and I meet up with friends, but I also love going out and just kind of like exploring locations, you know, the, the locales. Uh, and it's, so it's not all spent on the golf course. I do a little sightseeing when I can, um, especially, you know, in, in Ireland, I've done a bunch of great sightseeing uh, and in Scotland. Um, so it's not 100 percent golf. Um, and, and I really enjoy meeting locals and kind of talking to people, you know, whether it's at a coffee shop or a pub or whatever, even in the grocery store, you know, just kind of like chat people up. And, and it's so funny. They, they, they hear your American accent and they immediately, you know, kind of get a little more interest than otherwise, you know, just just looking at me. But once they hear my American accent, they're like, oh, you know, you're from America. And they start talking and ask questions. Um, and, and so I, that's another aspect that I love
0: about it. What, what is the pub? When we think about a bar, we think, oh, we go to the bar or whatever. But, like, the pub is different. What is it the difference is. there between a it, pub and a bar? You're 100% right. It,
1: there's a huge difference between a pub and a bar. And and it's, and really over there, especially in Scotland uh, and, and Ireland too, but, but you know, Scotland and Ireland a little bit more so than, say, you know, uh, England or Wales. Um, but in in Scotland and Ireland, the pub, is it's really, you know, especially after a round of golf, you know, you go in and it's a destination and you go in there and there are the tourists that have played. There are the locals who played and there's the caddies and, and, and some of the staff from the, you know, from the golf course. And it's, and, and you know, and then you have locals who just, you know, who live there around the area and they weren't playing golf, but it's really, it's a gathering place and and it's a gathering place and, and it really tends to lead to great conversation. And, you know, I'm an extrovert. Um, I, you know, I, I easily talk to people, but, they tend to have more group conversations and and just are more inclusive. Especially, like I said earlier, especially when they when they see someone's not from their area, they're pretty open and friendly and inclusive, and especially when it comes to conversations. And, and
0: uh, that's this just it's fun. That's great, and that's so great to hear that. Yeah, people are so open. What was your favorite course or i know gosh you've played so many but what is one that sticks out in your mind and and what is the visual of that course what, what did you see when you were there
1: that's a pretty easy question for me actually even though i've played so many uh you know i played you know about 100 courses and i played 200 rounds of golf over there um the and that's spread out over you know 17 years so it's just put some perspective on that up. Uh, but i i mean you know i am Happy to say, I'm and now I, I typically go over twice a year. Obviously, I didn't go over in 2020, but uh, my favorite course, be, and it's a combination of the scenery and and the location, but also getting there. It's uh, it's a place called Durness, and it's at the, it's the northernmost golf course on the mainland of of Scotland. Um, there are a couple of courses on islands that are off uh, the coast that are that, that might be higher than this, but Durness, and Derness is a little fishing village, and it's it's, it's, a, it's a top. Uh, the top west of, of Scotland, uh, and very interestingly at Durness, there's a garden that is uh, dedicated to John Lennon of all people. And it turned, we went in and, and we read some of the little, um, you know, some of the stones in the garden. Um, and it's a, you know, it's a, it's a great area to just kind of like walk around and, and sit and and look at things. But when you read this, John Lennon was actually he, he spent his summers in Durness. He was raised by one of his aunts. And she took him up there, and and the song, In My Life, which if you listen to the lyrics, uh, everyone, I always thought it was about a woman that he was in love with, it's about the town of Durness. The song, In My Life, is about the town of Durness. I never knew that until I went there, But, but so Durness, is this golf course that is at the tip of Scotland. And driving there, you you know, we went up the west coast of of Scotland to get up there. And when you leave the highlands and you go west and then you turn right and you go up, we we drove over 100 miles. I want to say it was close to 150 miles of one-lane road and the landscape around, it was, you know, there were portions of it where just these bare mountains, um, you know, with, with no landscape in, the, in you know, on the horizon and, and off to your right as you're driving north. Um, and it was a little, you know, obviously I have never, I'm not an astronaut, I've never been to the moon. But I imagine this must be what like driving on the moon is like because there was nothing around. You would go miles and miles before you saw anything else. And when another car was coming, they have these little cutouts and you pull over and let the car go by. And there's a little bit of a... Uh, darwin's rules you know, the, the bigger trucks tend to get the right of way pretty
0: quickly. right right <laughs> so you've really traveled a lot you've seen a lot
1: i've uh, yeah and, and mostly in scotland I, you know i've been to scotland by far more than i've done 24 trips to europe uh 21 of them you know 21 times i've been to scotland there's been overlap where i've done you know a couple of different trips um uh but then you know a, a Another fascinating one, which is technically in Europe, even though it's not connected, it's separated by water, but it's connected by plates, um, is Iceland. I, I've, I've done a golf trip to Iceland, which is fascinating. Um, Iceland has, you know, some some of the most amazing landscape that you'll ever see. Iceland is absolutely stunning. It's beautiful.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, they they named it they named it Iceland, right, to trick people because it was so pretty. They're like, no, that's right. don't go there. That's you right. don't want to go there. No, it's terrible. Real cold, yeah. real cold, real cold, real bad. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. So... Um, so what what would you say then is a big difference between the way we do golf here uh, and the way you do golf there? How You know, we got the golf carts. We got yep. the little pencils without erasers. Like how much of that carries over and what doesn't
1: it? Uh, the carts mostly do not carry over. Um, there are some, you know, there are some touristy courses that have carts. But for the most part, you're walking, and if you have a doctor's note or some medical condition, you know, they, they might, you know, you have to call ahead because, you know, a lot of those, you know, some of the more traditional courses, they might only have one or two or three carts, uh, you know, golf carts, um, and they call them buggies. And then um, the little push carts that we have over here, they, they call them trolleys over there, and and that's what most people use. You either carry your bag um, or you use a trolley, unless you're getting a caddy, and, and you know, and, the, and there are, you know, caddies at, All sorts of different levels of courses offer caddies because, you know, caddies, when you say golf caddy over here, you know, you think really expensive course and exclusivity. And and, and it's really interesting. Golf for the most part over there is really not like that. The number of exclusive clubs over there is really small. It's so nice. And even golf club membership. You know, I, I belonged for many, many years. For 14 years, I belonged to uh, Grand Cypress Golf Club here in Orlando, and it shut down a couple of years ago. Um, they went private, and uh, I now belong to another one called Heathrow Legacy. Um, and, you know, it, they're not expensive courses, but there are some, you know, they're not expensive clubs that I belong to. They're You know, they're public courses, and anybody can play them, but you just get, you know, a little bit of more access and, and a little more, you know, benefit of being a member um but anybody can come in off the street and play them and there are so many courses in the u.s where memberships are you know five or six figures it's ridiculous you know thirty thousand dollar initiation fee or a hundred thousand you know you get you get to really some of the you know the more exclusive clubs it's you know two hundred fifty thousand dollars three hundred thousand dollar initiation fee in europe they they cough at stuff like that they they literally do spit takes so you're like how much it's because golf club Golf club membership over there, for example, I you know I belong to a, a club over there now. This is my eighth year as a member of the St Andrews Club, um, and and when people hear that here, they're like, oh my God, it must be so expensive, and it's really not. The golf membership over there is it's more of a, a town thing. Um, now St Andrews is a little bit different because it is the home of golf, and there's the Royal and Ancient, uh, the R&A club which is in town and, and they they're you know the ones that literally make the rules of golf the royal and Ancient, and that is one of the exclusive you know I'll, I'll never be a member of their rna um you know it's, it's you know to get in there you got to have the right blood it's kind of it's a little bit like the mafia um oh my god really and they go. make the rules uh, of golf yeah they they uh, the rna along with the usga they literally make the rules of golf so when there's rules changes you know those guys those guys make it um, oh, my God. Uh, so so St. Andrews has three men's clubs in town. There's the RNA, there's the St. Andrews Club, and there's a, a club called the New Club, um, which is the newest of the three clubs, but it's still about 150 years old. Um, but, but membership like in in, in in my club at St. Andrews Club, um, you know, you have you know, you have your lawyers and doctors and, and you know, some politicians in there, but you have, you know cab drivers, you have, uh, you know, plumbers, electricians, every course of life. And that's, you know, the beauty of of golf membership over there. And, and that is in, you know, 80% of the golf clubs around Scotland, you know, our, our, uh, one of our main rivals, St. Andrews club, I've played in uh, five now uh, matches of St. Andrews versus Sterling and the Sterling golf club. I've become some you know, good friends with some of those guys over there. Um, Sterling has the exact same thing, you know, where you, you have blue collar and white collar workers and and it's really it's a it's a town uh, it's a it's a it, there's a loyalty to the town I'm going to belong to the club um so, and they and it's really welcoming you know they they encourage you know that golf is their national game and they 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 want everyone to play and they have great junior programs they really encourage kids to play so it's 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 really much less pretentious over there than it is here
0: wow which is interesting cuz you'd think uh you know possibly british you know, yeah. European, that there might be more of a stuffiness, but in reality, it's way more inclusive. Yeah, uh, yeah. I yeah. could tell you that the, the nearest golf club to us is the Boca Raton golf and country club. And oh boy, uh, there's no way I could afford to, uh, to be a part of that, uh, golf club. I don't think, I think yeah. it's like a hundred thousand dollars to be a member or something. Yeah.
1: Isn't that crazy? That just, it just, it baffles me that, that, you know, that we have that system here that that it's become so elitist in, in in so many instances I mean you know we have our you know we have, we have some great public courses in the states no question about it um but you know some of the most famous and and beautiful courses in the United States are either exclusive you know and in, in private membership or they're super expensive ridiculously expensive and 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 that's simply not you know they they have over in Europe they you know they have their share of expensive courses. But for the most part, most of them are public. And even the, you know, like Muirfield, for example, where the the British Open is played every, you know, eight or nine years, it it runs through Muirfield. Um, Muirfield is a private club, but they, twice a week, they allow a certain number of visitors to come in and you have to book it. The the first time I played Muirfield, um, I booked it over a year in advance. It was that booked up, you know, it's a little bit less so now. But they only allow visitors on, on, on Tuesday and Wednesday. I'm uh, sorry, Tuesday and Thursday um, and in certain times. And, and they have, you know, and, they, and it's very formal. They have a deal where, you know, you can play two rounds of golf and have lunch. And it's one package that we bought. And uh, so you go in and you have to wear a coat and tie into the place you go into the locker room you change into golf clothes you go out you play around at golf and you come back in and you you shower and you change into coat and tie again and you go have lunch and it's a formal lunch um, in a, in a formal beautiful formal dining room and then you go back out and you put on golf clothes again you go out and you play your next round and it's super fun and it's and it's an amazing experience um, but but those kinds of uh, hoops and and exclusivity those are rare over there those are the those are the exceptions the yeah. rule generally is is you know golf courses are mainly open to everybody.
0: Chris, last question. What improv skill would you say you bring with you onto the golf course? And what from golf would you say you bring onto the stage?
1: Okay. Uh, for, from, from improv to golf, uh, i become a better golfer by being more adaptable and just going with what just happened. I used to, uh, you know, uh, I used to get, you know, if you've hit a bad shot, you know, you figure, you know, you you just get angry with yourself because you know you can do better than that. Well, I've I've taken the improv um, uh, characteristic of you know it's kind of like you know letting it go and, and just you know turning my failure into a into a positive and and so what, or or you know trying as best I can to make it positive and see what can I do from here instead of you know what should have happened, what can happen next. That that is what I take from improv to golf. Yeah, from golf to improv. The the thing that I bring from golf to improv is. Um, the discipline of uh, practice and and, and um, the the more you practice and, and the more reps you get, the better you get. It's a simple formula. Um, and, and, you know, that's true in golf, but it's also true in improv. That, you know, the more that you can do stuff, you know, in front of either even if the audience is other improvisers and it's a workshop space, you know, the more you get used to doing that, the more comfortable you get doing that and it's the same thing in golf you know the more you know if you can put yourself in, in a practice round put yourself in bad situations you learn how to get out of them pretty easily you know i, I become a I become a very good bunker player because you know earlier in my career my golf career i tend to end up in in bunkers a lot and you know when you when you end up in bad places you learn you get to get out of them pretty good
0: when you, when you do it more and more more often <laughs> A lot of failure in golf well in my hands anyway chris thank you so much chris berry everyone you can check him out at sac comedy lab in orlando and touring across the country as four first names Thanks with richard ball me. pleasure man thank you so much Thanks, to take care if you're here for improv go no away this is other than improv with